Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is the Midnight McBride Show, and I'm still joined by Ben Atkinson, and I've called this show Big Ben. Hey, Ben. How you doing, Patrick? Very good, very good. So we left it, we were talking about the Mankind Project, Mm -hmm. and within that, you've got new warrior training. Mm -hmm. So... We, we did talk about it before. Just give us a rough outline what that involves, because you're saying it's a, a brilliant project and it's where a man can rewild. Oh, well, uh, that was Happy Naked Ape, ah. where, where you can't rewild. There. So the Mankind Project, is that is that part of the Happy Naked Ape? No, no, that, no. No, that's independent. Happy Naked Ape is is my project, uh, my personal project. Got you. The Mankind Project uh itself it's quite a mature organization it started up a good 40 years ago i think in 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 the states so that's something you took part in rather than host was the naked ape the happy naked ape is is yours yeah that's right so uh the mankind project is like a it's a charity now um Mm. it's it arose out of the men's movement in america like they're trying to answer the call of the the feminist movement and it's like okay so women have had their emasculation and uh, from patriarchy or the, the process has begun but a lot of men don't realize that we are slaves to patriarchy as well patriarchy mm. is really about a very small cohort of rich powerful men that control everybody uh, and it, it has ties coming right back to our it's like a our ape ancestry insofar as we're, we're a social pack ape and it's very normal for us to have leaders. Mm. And once someone has the status of leader, they like to take that on in all walks of their, their life and their ego doesn't want to step back into being a follower. Uh, whereas really we all have the capability to lead. We all have the capability to follow. So it's the, this, the small, like, the Occupy movement described it as the 1%. Those, those people are the established power yeah. And have have established wealth, and both men and women are slaves to this. And so the the men's movement in America was exploring this, and and out mm. of that there was various organisations. One of which was the Mankind Project, and yeah. it's like I said, it's quite mature now. It it's been doing this for for decades, and it, it it's got it down pat. It's yeah. like a, not wanting to call it a conveyor belt, but broken men come in, and uh, inspired empowered men come out. Wonderful, yeah. It it is wonderful. It is. Uh, I felt that within me. It was, it was as powerful as anything else I've touched in my life. Um, Mm. I mean, we talked about psychedelics before having a very powerful effect. It was, it was, it was more powerful than psychedelics uh, in my in my judgment. Yeah. Um, Because it's just taking kind the kind men and it it, it's giving them community. It's it's helping them find their purpose. Like, uh, we don't have a purpose given to us. We have to make one. Um, I think any human being without purpose is lost. Yeah. We need purpose. We need momentum in our lives. Yeah. And, uh, like, we need a... Like, we're talking about hope and fear in the future and forecasting. Mm. If you don't have hope, you'll you'll end up in fear. And where does fear fear lead? It leads you to be anxious. And it leads you to be small. It's Mm. like always, always hiding from things. Whereas if you have a vision... Like you, 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 you go for that. You can like, you can see the light off in the distance mm. and you, you keep a course. Now 
that that vision may change. You might decide, oh, that's no longer my purpose anymore. This is. But as long as long as you've got, you're moving in a direction, generally people tend to be happy and motivated. The synchronicity, the things you say and you're hitting, striking a lot of chords with me today. Okay. You know, I often talk about it's not the situation you're in it's where you're heading you can be in a fantastic situation but moving in a negative direction making bad decisions and moving away from peace love and joy so you're in an amazing situation but you're moving away from it it doesn't feel good Mm -hmm. when you're in a terrible situation but you're moving towards a positive situation making good decisions moving Mm -hmm. in a, a positive direction it feels good so it's not where you're at it's where you're heading it's always about where you're heading you know it is, but don't let that take you out of the present moment. Well, no, it's it, only relevant. You have yeah. to be fully present for that to make any sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's hmm, it, it's interesting, the interplay between having that future vision um, to work towards, but at the same time knowing that that future is just a fantasy because we only ever live in a sequence of, of nows. I call it a perpetual rolling moment. Uh, you basically exist and somebody's here, but tomorrow's not now, but when you get there, it will be. You're mm-hmm. always in the now. It, has there ever been anything you've done in your life when somebody asks you at that moment, mm-hmm. what time is it? And you couldn't say no, never. So everything you've ever done in your life has been in the present moment mm-hmm. at that time. And, and I think that's one of the interesting things about psychedelics is, mm. is that they we have a mechanism in our heads for like measuring the passage of time. And, mm. and that's one of the things they can muck about with. And it's like, mm. uh, so you, you almost get that sense of timelessness, even, even your very construct of space. Like we feel three dimensions and we kind of, uh, our arms kind of orientate in pre-perception in, in, in our surroundings. But like you can get to a point where even that, awareness of space dissolves and then you kind of go into this infinite virtual reality of your own mind yeah i mean you lose you can do it with meditation and there's lots of other ways but you can lose sense of self and you become connected and so there is no me and you we are just one part Mm -hmm. of the same energy and source well you mentioned meditation there's there's breath work as well uh it's like the easiest way to kind of to like trick the mind and uh to to really prick the the unconscious is just hyperventilate uh you can call it it's like fire breathing in in the kind of pranayamic traditions of yoga or the wim hof kind kind breathing kind methods um holotropic breathing i did it at school but for recreation we'd be at parties and you'd hyperventilate and blow on your thumb and knock yourself out (laughs) cold and we did that that's how intelligent we were you know <laughs> or, or hit and run on the spliff yeah. <laughs> different things like this but um i i used to free dive like when i went traveling after i lost my faith um i i ended up in israel kind of going back to the source of this yeah. monotheistic i love being underwater bullshit. love being oh, underwater. Yeah, yeah. well I, I ended up going getting down to the red sea and they've got these big coral cliffs that dive in like go, go into the kind of deep seas where you you, you swim off the coral and there's no bottom. So it just feels like you're flying over this blue abyss. Yeah. And uh, oh, it's, it's stunning. Um, and But of course, you, you have to learn how to to, br- to breathe, um, to, to hi- not to hyperventilate, because that's mm. where you can get yourself into mm. like in, into deep water and drown if you hyperventilate whilst you're free diving. Yeah. But, but uh, I practice some breathing techniques and what are work, they? What? like packing and stacking where you breathe. Oh, breathe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you... 
And, and you increase your lung capacity and you're constantly, it's like uh, exercises for your lungs and then it increases the period of time you can spend underwater when you're diving. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, if you've no tanks in that, you can go very deep, you know, without um, thinking about decompression, you know, which you have to do if you've got breathing apparatus as well. And as you go down with this, you learn about very economical swimming techniques so that you spend very little energy so that you're not using yeah, all the yeah. oxygen and you can stay down for three, four minutes. and Keeping the mind calm. Yeah, and, massive part of it. Massive yeah. part of it, yeah. Um, because it, it gets scary. This can use thinking. up a load of energy because then you you know you become anxious and then that spends all your energy. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Well, I think the brain uses something like 25% of our like, uh, like glucose um, demands in the body. Mm-hmm. It's... Like we're, we're like this vehicle, like I said before, we're a biobot. Um, mm. And it's like that, that processor is, is like sucking up a huge amount of our resources. Yeah. But it makes us such a phenomenally interesting kind of species, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, the, the only other contenders really with us are the cetaceans, the, kind of the whales, the dolphins, mm. maybe, maybe the other social animals like the, the, the wolves, kind of the, mm. the dogs, um, well, there's divers as well that if they do the free dive and they have this uh, mammalian response where all the blood goes to the essential organs when mm-hmm. they're underwater and that enables them then to stay under there for longer and stuff. It's fascinating. Well, fascinating. This, uh, this all brings us back to what we were talking about before about the waterside ape, mm-hmm. um, uh, the aquatic ape hypothesis, um, where we're descended from those apes that kind of uh, learned to play in the water. Uh, I was on a a kayaking trip to the Himalayas a couple of years ago with some friends. And it was a joy to as, see. As you do. As yeah, you just do. doing a bit just, of kayaking in the Himalayas. It was, <laughs> it was, I, I was quite scared. I'd only paddled in the lakes and in Scotland and Wales. And it's like uh, going out to the Himalayas, it was like, ooh. But uh, a close friend of mine said, Ben, don't worry, it's just water. It behaves the same all over the world. Well, that's <laughs> nice. Even though it's the Himalayas, it's still just going to be water. Yeah. And yeah. it was that was good. But I, I mentioned it because we were, we were were paddling down these rivers and there were these children that lived on the side of these big sort of dramatic river gorges. Um, and they were diving in and out of the water just as Mowgli might do in the jungle book. And it's like, they were fishing. They were, we we were going down these rapids and they would jump into the rapids and then try and grab hold of the back of our our kayaks and then get a ride down the rapids on the back of our kayaks. And it was like, holy fuck, what are these kids doing? But no one, they haven't had swimming lessons. They've just learned to swim. Yeah. Um, I've, I've read that you leave a baby on a gently gradiated beach and it will teach itself how to swim. Mm. Uh, as long as there's no sudden drops and someone's watching to make sure there's no big surf come in that's going to like swamp them. But yeah. we, we have this great capacity to learn through play. And mm. uh, th- there's a great movement coach out on the west coast of uh, the States uh, called Rafe Kelly. He's kind of running an organization called Evolve Move Play. I'd recommend looking up his work. It's yeah. like getting people together to like just to play with each other in a, like a, I think he had a parkour background and mm-hmm. he, he took that outside. In, that's in, the Brazilian movement, which is martial arts slash dance. No, uh, that's oh, no, capoeira. Par- sorry. Parkour's free running, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So Sorry. He, he's, Sorry. Uh, he's he's taken parkour and sort of put it in a natural environment, the the one that we evolved in, and uh, he's doing great great courses out there. Um, do do check out his work. Yeah. But play is play is the core. If you're not playing, you're not living. 
I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yes. So, Ben, we'll talk a little bit about hallucinogenics and hallucinogens. Okay. Yeah. Now, I know you sent me some information over which I had a look at, which was maps. And it's something that's relevant to me at the minute because... I'm fascinated by it. I've been reading quite a bit of research about... So just, just for the, the views, sure. MAPS is the Multidisciplinary Association of Psychedelic Studies. Yes. That's it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. They're the people behind um, uh, MDMA becoming a, a treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder. And that's yeah. the American military and the Israeli military are like leading the way uh, yeah. with, with actually pushing that as, a, as an agenda because it's it it seems to have about an 80 percent success rate when mm. combined with talking therapies but um there's i think the experiment with marijuana with lsd or some kind of hallucinogenics different mm-hmm. varies and with mdma and for the science of it for medicinal purposes and for treatment, um, the the success rates are huge, aren't they? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was supposed to go and watch a talk recently called "The Science of Psychedelics," a secret Manchester talk, and unfortunately, on that night, myself and Willow couldn't go because it's my fault. Basically, we had to work late, and mm-hmm. so we didn't end up going, which was a bit gutted about. But um, I think now it's been taken for a long time. LSD. My understanding is that LSD, if you go back 30, 40 years ago maybe 50 years ago, they did start to do some experiments with it. And what they found is everybody that took LSD stopped drinking alcohol and stopped smoking, basically. Your mm-hmm. addictive tendencies disappeared. And, of course, we know that for it took 40 years before cigarette companies had even admit that cigarettes did us any harm. And that was not news they wanted. Now, most research is actually financed by Big Pharma or, or privately from other companies Mm -hmm. so this research was done they realized that it could potentially stop everybody smoking and drinking and so they pulled the plug on it and cast it they simply categorized it as a an illegal substance even though they knew which same with marijuana with cbd oil for many years they wouldn't even look at it because it's you know categorized as a recreational drug an illegal drug but it's got serial medical potential and serious medical benefits and this goes for a number of plants you know that Mm -hmm. can help us as human beings and fortunately the last five to ten years now they've allowed people to start doing the research again and we're taking it seriously and and we're starting to see um major it it will eventually what will happen is the results will be irrefutable Mm -hmm. and then big pharma will grab hold of it and probably uh it'll be mainstream and then it'll be accepted yeah you know that's how it'll go I, I understand that they're already training uh, psychedelic therapists um, to, to basically create a professional training um, yep. to, to have, have uh, psychedelic counsellors and, and therapists. Yeah. Uh, I talked about, when we talked off her, because we, we discussed some of these topics, and with psychedelics and hallucinogens, there are, you, you know, people take larger doses and... That seems to be generally what they're doing in the therapy sessions. Mm-hmm. But there's also something called microdosing as well. That's right, yeah. Where people will take probably a tenth between a point, let me get this right, between 0.05 or 0.1% of what will be classed as a recreational dose. So it's a very small amount. And Rather than calling it a recreational dose, why don't we call it an active dose? Yeah, um, a larger dose. Yeah, so yeah. Well, an active dose. An active, yeah. where, where you consciously perceive the, the outcomes. Because... Yeah. Calling it a recreational dose just has, has this... Um, Probably not the best term. Well, yeah. it, it's a... That's assuming that 
the people, the larger dose is taken for recreational purposes. An active dose is a dose that maybe is used in therapy. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah. So they're a much smaller percentage. So, mm-hmm. And with this, there are no, you know, you don't hallucinate. There are no, if I get this word right, psychotropic effects. Mm-hmm. But there are other effects and it relieves anxiety and depression. And it's, it's now been proven, there's a lot of research to back this up, that microdosing with, say, for example, psilocybin and certain mm-hmm. mushrooms in very small amounts where it's not taken for recreational purposes, where you're not getting high mm-hmm. of it. Um, it's such a small, subtle dose. But these plants intelligently somehow are rewiring us. They're changing the pathways in the brain, the synapses, and helping us relieve a lot of common symptoms in, in well, daily life. It, it, um I understand the term to be, it promotes neurogenesis, where uh, young children uh, can develop new neural pathways very, very easily. Um, Again, uh, when we get into a playful state, even as adults, we can do that. But a lot of the time we get very bogged down. It's like just very stodgy thinking. We get into habits and routines Mm. and we don't like breaking them because they they kind of keep us safe. They help us get through the day. Whereas seventy percent um, of the thinking can be just this this automatic thinking. Loop, we're not yeah. actually making any choices. It's just the repetitive stuff. And if you can remove that out of the way, you free up all this brain power it, and well, you make very clear choices and good that, decisions. That, that's when our brains really work at their best. Is when they're dealing with new input. Um, yeah. So if if microdosing can help people kind of reconnect with that sense of creativity and mm. and to find um, find stuff engaging and stimulating in the world again then it's like great um for some reason unfortunately um and this will change because of the research now um Mm -hmm. and it will eventually become mainstream for people but because of the stigma that's attached to that some people don't take it seriously well at the end of the day just because one is approved by a pharmaceutical company and it's in a bottle and it's got a sticker on it and one is a plant that occurs in nature naturally but it happens to be used recreationally in the past they take this one seriously because it's on the list and they don't take this one seriously because it's not. Well, if you, if you look at the efficacy of the um, psychiatric and uh, like medicines out there for depression, the antidepressants, um, they, they've got very, very low um, rates of, of, of influence. Um, they, I, th- I think there's one scale where they, they say that, like that the happiest you can be... It, for some reason, it was a scale of around 64 was the highest grade. And it's like zero is quite suicidal. Yeah. And there are various things that can uh, affect your level of well-being. Getting a good night's sleep, having a good sleep pattern was like a 10, 15 points on this scale. Um, having like ec- regular exercise was another biggie. Yeah. Um, again, I think it was around the 10 mark. Um, taking antidepressants... I only measured between 1.5 to, to 3 points on this well-being scale yeah. and and that, that that wasn't really even in the measuring on the the day-to-day fluctuation of mood um and and it's like how how your day's going so for 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 big big pharma to be putting these out there as the only kind of therapeutic intervention for depression I think is absurd and mm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't think big farmers only out to poison us and to, to turn us into a commodity. Yeah. Um, my sister's a doctor. 
I I've studied biology most of my life. I uh, there are there are some vaccines that are great. Is there a tendency for big pharma to over medicate? I think yes, and I think well, there's a balance to be struck. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't want to run a refugee camp without vaccines. No, um, no, of course. But yeah. uh, it's like uh, so. There's there's all sorts of complex issues going on, and it's it's generally trying to find the balance between the two of them. Yeah, I agree. I absolutely agree. But there are certain drugs, for example, statins, that you know in America they were prescribed to people, and then overnight they reduced the at risk the figure for being at risk on the register and overnight 30 million people went on the at risk register and people were taking it just in case. Mm-hmm. Now that's, that's a whole, it's a game changer. They've gone from you're taking a drug that you prescribe because you have symptoms mm-hmm. and so you're treating it to taking drugs just in case. And seven of the members uh, on the board that made that decision to lower this rate were all on the payroll to Pfizer. Well, that's a revolving it, it, door, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's ter- I write about it in the book and I had to be very careful because I had to, if I'm going to make these statements, you have to have the facts behind it to me. We do. It's like, and well, so I, I can, I, it's documented. It's not, I'm not making this up, it's documented. So, so one, one of the, the really important things to, to look at when we look at the government and we look at the nanny state and it's it's holding us as individuals in a sort of state of suspended childhood where we're in, we're always dependent upon the state to to have our noses wiped and to, to wipe our bottoms, and it's like to be to become fully kind of actualized men and women within society that can have an active role in determining who governs us through like real democracy, rather than that. There's all sorts of reasons to be able to state that we we don't live in a real democracy. We we live in an illusion of doc- democracy. We every every few years we we get to to vote on people making us big promises, and yeah. and so often those promises don't come to pass. We once they're elected, we have no really effective means of recalling our our, our MPs. Um, there's very little accountability and and transparency in governments where it's like I kind of feel any any policy that comes out, it's like okay, we're going to make a policy. But then we're, we're going to assess that and we're going to hold ourselves to account. Has that policy worked? Has it not? Does yeah. it need to be tweaked? Does it need to be abandoned? That end of the and process doesn't really exist, does it? No, well, uh, th- politicians are so terrified of being found to be wrong or to have made mistakes that they cl- they make a decision and it's kind of hidden. And then they, like education and, and like health and work, they've been making huge changes left, right and, and centre. And it's mm. uh, they, they kind of keep on pulling the rug out of these like, healthcare professionals or these, mm. these teachers. And it's like, it's a nightmare for them. And they just, just to have like, instead of a five year political cycle to be able to have like a 10, 20 year political cycle, but where, where there's every politician's held account and everything is like complete transparency in government. I, I can't help but see the humour in most things and it's it's sometimes a wonderful thing, other times it can offend, it's never meant to, but when before you said about the state wiping our backsides and I, I instantly then thought of an Eddie Murphy film called Coming to America where they go, bring out the royal bottom wipers. <laughs> do, do you know the film? I do. <laughs> yes. And that, I've been giggling the whole time you've been saying it in my mind. But, uh, there we go. Um, ben, we're going to have a short break now. Okay. We'll be right back after this. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is the Midnight McBride Show, and I'm still joined by Ben Atkinson. Hello, Ben. Hello again, Patrick. Hello. And this show's called, as you know, 
Big Ben. And Big Ben has big feet. <laughs> Don't you? I clocked you walking past me before and I, th- I thought it was me. I thought I was stood at a funny angle and then I realised you've absolutely enormous feet, haven't you? They're, they're only 11 and a half long, but it's it's the width, the, kind of the spread, uh, just as you walk barefoot. And, mm. Yeah. Big, uh, big plates of meat. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's like uh, slowly as you, as you do it, it's as much psychological as it is like the physical adaption. Like if you gar- start gardening or do it, working with your hands, they get calluses, don't they? Yeah. And they, they physically toughen up. Yeah. And that's the same with the feet. They kind of develop like a toughness to them. But they're, you, you become less afraid about going out without shoes. Yeah. And, My uh, feet are like little girls' feet. They are. They're, they're kind of, most people's feet are pale, anemic things. Yeah. That's because you, you keep them in little foot sleeping bags yeah. that insulate your feet the whole well, time. If I go running as well, I get very hot feet and... You know, I don't think I take my socks off and my mm-hmm. feet are throbbing and, you know, and I, I go mountain walking in the snow um, and it's a my my blood flow in my feet increased uh, enough that as long as my core's warm, yeah. uh, it can get the heat to my feet. And it's only when I stop that they start to get cold. Yeah. So um, if, if I'm in the house, nothing on my feet. If I come into the studio, shoes off as soon as I get in the studio. But walking outside and driving, I do wear footwear. That's when I've got but stuff on. And running, obviously. One, one of the biggest things is you get that sensory feedback. Where in, in a shoe, it's just a bland, mushy, kind of con- constant, kind of, it's like war- warm and moist. Mm. Whereas when you're walking, there's like texture. There's like, yeah. there, there's there's cobbles, there's grass. There's, and, and it's, that stimulation is, is beautiful to the brain. Yeah. But it, it's also then when climbing, it's vital, like climbing yeah. trees and things like this. You need to know exactly like the moment that you're about to slip. And you, you, you can also then your feet curve over like surfaces yeah. and you get better friction. And Be- Because I've always worn shoes when I was younger and stuff. Uh, my feet now, if I walk on tiny little stones and stuff, I'm like, oh, I, I, and I, I really struggle to work, walk barefoot on uneven surfaces you know gravel and things like that you know oh that comes i mean everybody that knows me was like uh like laughing that it's like when i went up big ben it's like you wore shoes what were you doing wearing (laughs) shoes and it's like don't get me wrong shoes are a great technology they're really useful um like as a tree surgeon i'll put these big protective boots on Gardening is another thing that's really hard because, like, you're trying to dig or you got all those thorns and thistles around. Mm. It's like, but because it, uh, on the action, I was going to be moving at speed, and I I didn't know the route exactly. It's like I I, I sort of mapped it out, mm. uh, but it's, it's man-made surfaces. It, it's going to be you sharp went up metal, like a scaffold, and, didn't you? Uh, an, an exoskeleton to the building. It yeah, wasn't the building itself. That, that's, so that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was a building site at the time, is that right? Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it was hopping over the outside security fence and then um, th- there was another layer of kind of security to the building site. Mm. Uh, but once in the kind of the mega structure of the, the scaffolding, it was just like a climbing frame and kind of up, up we yeah. went. And yeah, but it was, I had to, I had to be prepared to move quickly. So yeah. that's, how, that's what How old are you then? I'm 43. 43. Yeah. And yeah. I've seen you with and without beard. And it it's plus 10 years, minus 10 years. It makes a big difference, doesn't oh, yeah. it, to it's how like, you appear? I was at Boom Festival in Portugal and, and some woman came up to me and it's like, uh, well, I think we we're talking about orgasmic birthing. And uh, oh, yeah, I've got children. And she said, oh, they're grown up, aren't they? And it's like, no, they're quite eight at the time. <laughs> she was like, oh, oh. And it's like, how did you think I was? And she was like, 
Go on. 54. <laughs> and, this was, and she was being nice. This, this was 10 years ago. <laughs> and, uh, and I was so like... You were, you uh, were, you were she, 34. She, yeah, well, she had a look on my face, yeah. And, 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 she's like, and she was like, 44. And I was like... <laughs> so it's like, uh, I, I went to a student club uh, a year or so ago, and it's like the bouncers were opening doors for me. They, uh, they And then... Uh, the students, I like dancing, and yeah. I, I was up near the speakers giving it some, and and the students were like, check out Grandad, he, <laughs> he, he's going for it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah it's, it can be, it's funny. I remember it's a few years ago now. I went in a club in Bolton, and somebody came up to me and went, "What are you doing in here? How old are you?" And and it can be not your confidence a bit because you know at the time. It wouldn't yeah. matter now, but at the time it did, you know. So. Well, I, I, I kind of, I started going grey, a little patch of hair around here when I was eighteen, mm. and it, it quickly spread. I was going and, bald at eighteen, and, and then my hair, hair went soon after, like by the mid twenties. Uh, so I, I've just had to get used to it, and it's yeah, like, I like yeah. shaving, I, I go and clean shaven. Um, I've been big bald for twenty five years now. I know. It's, uh, yeah. Do you, do you fight the aging process, or do you t- take it gracefully? I embrace it's it like, now. I. I got my little saggy bits kind of coming. <laughs> uh, eyes are dropping, but it's like uh, if you can't find the beauty within, you, you, you're on a, a, a yeah. lot. I always cause. say that you've got to become comfortable with the age you're at. Not mm-hmm. where you're going to be in five years, just the age you're at. Because if you always want to be what you look like two years ago, three years ago, five years, years ago, and you're out of phase with that slightly, yeah. you're always going to be miserable, mm-hmm. right? If you can just phase shift by two or three years, whatever it is, so that you're comfortable with how you are now and you can maintain that, that's a recipe for being happy. If you're always out of phase by a few years where you always wish you looked like you did a few years ago, that's a recipe for misery. It is. You know, so it's really well, important that you get comfortable with now. One, one, one of the biggest... Uh, and most important practices that I, that I do uh, with people. Um, and some of this I got off the Mankind Project. Some of this was just a coincidental fact that in my lounge, there's a huge dance mirror from when there used to be a dance room in, in, in my house. Is that not but a sex it, mirror? No. <laughs> no it's not, it was a dance studio. It's like I'm the, joking. <laughs> maybe it, 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 it's been at multiple uses. <laughs> but... Uh, I, I ended up doing lots of meditations, like mm. uh, some just straight, some on psychedelics, like in front of the mirror. And uh, but you, you get to witness yourself, and it's mm. like there's all sorts of barriers that we have to accepting who we are and what we are. We stuff all sorts of stuff into the unconscious. Um, but when you, when you're like there, looking at yourself in the mirror, and you're you're beginning to have this dialogue um, between like uh, yourself it's like i don't see that any individual as a as a single entity kind of we're our, our psyche is more like a community of, of different uh selves and uh yeah. and you can really notice this when you're in the mirror because you can't you see it on different sides of your mm. face and it's like at one point this side will speak and the, the other side it'll be this side and and getting often there can be open warfare between these different selves within an individual. And I, mm. I know, I experienced it for years. And it's like, I hated myself. I, I remember and, that. I, yeah. I couldn't look in a mirror for years. You know, I, I remember it. And I, I really, really didn't like myself. And this was, I'm not talking about five or ten years ago. I'm talking about when I was like, this, this is when I was in my late teens, 18, 19, yeah. 20. And it was a horrible time. Oh, God, I... I I picked up a guy last night. He was hitch, picked him up. He, I, he was hitchhiking, um, and uh, but within five minutes, like we talked to him, and 
I'm I'm used to building rapport to people. That's kind mm. of part of what I do on my my courses. And but like he was crying, and it was mm. like uh, he he was. He was hating himself. He was hating the way that he treated people, his family. He was hating the way... He, he was actually from Salford and he was saying, I get judged about like being from where I'm at and everything. And yeah. it's like... and um, It's so sad when you see somebody in so much te- pain, isn't it? Tearing himself apart. Yeah. So it's like, it's just like, A, it was my go-to thing. It was like, get in touch with the Mankind Project, honestly. But like, also just chat to yourself in the mirror. Mm. Like, don't call yourself names. Mm. Just, just accept that... Like you've been making the best effort that you've been in in life, and you make—I've made mistakes, and I'll—I'll I'll talk to myself, and I'll like—I say, come on, come on, no name calling, constructive criticism. Let's get to know each other. I mean, and, it's, and mm. as soon as you start to have that interplay between these different selves, I think that's the source of humor, where you've got these. This is part of, like we we see the world as this duality, like in many ways, because we've got these two different like ways of seeing the world through these different hemispheres and it's like it's yeah. when that dialogue between them they, they've got like this these two different ways of seeing the world and a joke is kind of like where bo- both sides are creating a an interpretation of something that someone said and there's like this realization that there's these two different like uh interpretations at the one time and there's this confusion of oh what way do we see the world? I'm not quite sure how to interpret that. Uh, we, we burst out laughing, um, yeah. and it and it, it it's great. So it's like, but the the thing that's brought me most lasting happiness is like not beating myself up as much and sort of just getting to know myself. Yeah, I I remember it, and it's not that long ago when I became comfortable with me. Yeah, and I spent forty years trying to be somebody I wasn't, mm-hmm. and then one day. After I had a nervous breakdown, I then became comfortable with me and I started to love myself and not in a, a vain manner, mm-hmm. just just accepting who I am. And so then it enabled me to do things like this, to talk in front of a camera, to have a picture taken, because I would never do that. And I became comfortable and I accepted that, okay, I might be bald and I'm not in the best <laughs> shape and all, all of these things, but this you, is it. You, you this look, is what I've got. You and look I'm all right work to me, Patrick. It. Thank you. <laughs> this is what I've got. This is what I'm going to work with. And... I'm okay with that, you know, and that that was pivotal. It was it was uh, groundbreaking. It was yeah, a beautiful thing it, because it is. I just it's such a relief, you know. Just it, oh. it is, it is like have, having these little crabby voices going off in your head saying me 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 me. It's like come on, let's cut out the to- toxic self talk and yeah. Let, let, like if we've only got one life, let's let's live it. Let's like do something interesting, let's, rather than just bickering in, inside your head the whole time. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a great day when you start to love yourself and yeah. stop being self-destructive and and criticizing yourself because there's a whole world out there that'll do it for you. You then, don't need to help. Yeah, you say, like, and the, the the more you love yourself, uh, the more you're loving those people around you. And when you start to love yourself, you're happy, you're content, you smile, you're emitting positive energy. You attract those people into your yeah. life. When you're negative. And stress, you're emitting that frequency and you'll attract negative and stressed people into your life. Yeah. You know, so and if drive, you want to drive people away from you. So, Ben, I was going to ask you, you know, we talked about hallucinogens and the benefits of therapeutic use of certain psychotropic substances, things like this. Mm-hmm. But there are alternatives to this also, which you mentioned to me yesterday, and these are the breathing techniques. Mm-hmm. So, maybe tell us a little bit about those. Okay. Um, you have the, the prayana, how you pronounce it. Well, to, to avoid 
technical details. It's yes. like really there's breathing a lot or mm. there's stopping breathing. Um, breathe, breathing a lot gets get a lot of oxygen in you. Like hyper, all you're mm. having to do is huff and puff for a bit of time and you, you, you flush out the carbon dioxide and you, you get a lot of oxygen. And that affects your, the homeostasis of your blood. Your, your yeah. blood goes alkali. And, um, and, but it, it kind of very quickly, like your, your body kind of is thinking, what's going on here? Some, something's not right. So that's one way of doing what most people when they if i exert myself and i do an endurance sport or anything like that and i i spend a lot of energy and once i'm about an hour into it i'm in bliss yeah you know i'm in nature and well, all my other problems disappear and i focus on the breath it becomes meditative it's a beautiful thing well, yeah. as soon as you start hyperventilating there's a, a sense of euphoria that comes mm. in and most people when they sing like in church or something like this or if you're doing sort of chanting it's mm. uh, it, it just creates this sense of euphoria just because you've been tinkering with your blood gases um it's, yeah. it's it's the easiest way to create this profound shift and then you can what, as soon as soon as you kind of like you, you've gone through that uh, click of your brain's thinking something's up here um your unconscious kind of like uh, ramps up a speed and it's almost like sometimes you're that that part of you that dreams, that mechanism that creates dreams, can switch on, and you kind of get this. So it's almost like a self-healing faculty that we have, and and you can have like little little daydreams. Little sometimes you can literally just hallucinate um, or have a vision um, like in front of you because like this this thing that we call vision. Uh, and a sensory perception it's, yeah, it's just like it's very limited with it yeah it, it's all happening in here mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. so it's very easy for this this dream function to tinker with it a bit and you like sometimes i've had like great like you know when you drop a pebble into a pond and you get ripples coming coming out yeah and then there it's the reverse of it and you, these circles kind of focusing in right down to the like the focal point and uh, sometimes you might get different colors coming out. Mm. Sometimes like, and, and this is all through breathing and just, changing just, just through the breathing. balance of gases in your body. In your body, yeah. Mm. Like if you hold your breath for a bit, then obviously the oxygen starts depleting and the carbon mm. dioxide starts rising. Mm. Aldous Huxley's got this great appendix and the doors of perception all mm. about carbon dioxide. Yeah. And uh, carbon dioxide is, is, is a hallucinogenic gas of its own. Um, and so you, you don't have to take anything to, to get high. You just have to, to breathe. You just mm. have to hold your breath. Um, it's completely free. It's mm. completely clean. If, if somebody wanted maybe some detailed structure or instruction okay. and these techniques, then Wim Hof is a good place to Wim, start. Wim, Wim Hof, um, he, lots of very and he was, intense I, people. I remember... Breathing. I knew about him 15, 20 years ago because he was the Iceman. Yeah. And I'd seen a documentary about him running, you know, up, two up, marathons up back to back, barefoot through the, you know, the uh, Arctic Circle and stuff. And this, wow, he, he basically, science stopped in its tracks and thought, why is this man doing things that we think are oh, impossible? Yeah. Um, you know, and he was the first, one of the first, what they called superhumans, you know. Well... <laughs> I kind of think everybody has these capabilities. Like people He'd figured it out. That was the same yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, people sometimes look at my feet and think, oh, my, fuck, "My feet couldn't do that." Yeah, they could. Every, everybody's feet can do what my feet can do. Mm. Um, people look at these uh, these Olympic athletes and everything like this. And yeah, there's a range of 
in a way genetic prowess but like everybody can can be so much more than they generally allow themselves to be um with a bit of focus a bit of training um we 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 can all up our game um I say as human beings, we only fill, fulfill a, a fraction of our potential. Yeah. We are capable of what what might seem impossible things, you know. As human beings, our potential is amazing. But to unlock that, we need to get rid of a lot of this negative programming mm-hmm. and the repetitive thought patterns mm-hmm. that we, you know, we're conditioned with as we're growing up. And that takes a bit of work. Yeah. Well, know? yeah. You, I mean, you, you said, uh, where can people go to get some information? Mm. I mean, it's like, Go, go go onto the internet. It's a great resource. Look up holotropic breathing. Look up like the Wim Hof uh, yeah. method. Um, and prayana. Pa, pra, pranayama. Prana, uh, pranayana. Uh, that's the kind of the, yeah. like the, the, the part of yoga that deals with breathing and yeah. chanting. And yeah. um, I did transcendental meditation and we did, we did breathing exercises with that initially yeah. before we actually do the meditation mm-hmm. you know, as well. Well, yeah, it, it, it's great. Um, other, other methods, uh, you can fast. Um, like just denying yourself, you know, your day to day. It's like you, you think you're hungry, but you, you, you're not. And it like ho- holding the unconscious demands of the flesh at bay. You can you, you, you can go through a period of abstinence, uh, and you're not not knocking one off every day. Yeah. And that, that will soon concentrate your mind as to <gasps> oh, come on. <laughs> uh, but all, if you play around with your lifestyle, uh, you can find all these different chinks yeah. that. The, with the fasting, there's a lot of research in that now. Again, and I, I've, I've done this where a large proportion of your body's energy is consumed by your digestive system. And mm-hmm. if you give that a rest, i.e. you don't eat after, say, 6 o'clock in the evening and you don't eat before 8 o'clock in the morning. So you're doing it every night. fasting, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, intermittent fasting. Yeah. That's right, You're yeah. doing 14 hours, basically, where you, your digestive system can have a bit of a rest. You sleep better, number one, because you're tummy's not full mm-hmm. um but secondly you'll have a lot more energy and you'll obviously you will lose a bit of weight and there's the, the benefits from something so simple as just changing the the pattern of your eating you know yeah the, the, with the intermittent fasting i think the one of the the goals is to stimulate ketosis where you're kind of you're uh, breaking down proteins yeah. rather than just just burning carbs yeah um so or is it Breaking down proteins and fats instead of fats, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, rather than just burning carbs the whole time, and yeah, yeah it's great. Um, yeah. I well, mean, we're I both mean, getting older now, aren't we? Yeah. we? We need to look after ourselves as best we can. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, the misconception that fat makes you fat. The right fats don't make you fat. Bad no. carbs, which are basically sugar, make you fat. Yeah. Full stop. We yeah. we you look at. Um, since the seventies kind of anti fat craze uh, kind of went mm. off in America, they started putting corn syrup in everything. I and, know. Uh, well, they say fat will make you fat. So what we'll do instead, we'll give you hydrogenated fats and salts and various <laughs> other things to compensate for this low fat flavor, food. Yeah, you know, low and, fat food that doesn't taste good. Yeah, that kills you. So it's like I, I, I cook with loads of butter, loads of cream. Yeah. Um, are you, are you a cook? Do you, do you like I, no. 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 Ah. I, I'm a very good eater, but uh, no, not a cook. I, I yeah, uh, cooking's like uh, alchemy or well, well, magician's work. Eating is a big passion of mine. <laughs> so between us, I think we could we could do some magic there. Yeah. 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 So we're coming towards the end of the show, Ben, okay. now. And I think now is a good time to maybe tell us about full circle yurts. 
which I couldn't believe. Catherine okay. and Debbie did a show with me very recently. Yeah, yeah. And Debbie's got full circle retreats. And I went, all oh, right, is it, you know, have you talked about it? <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, so, so what you're telling me that you both come up with the same name independently before you knew about each other, and the answer was yes. Yeah, basically. That's incredible. Although, although it was my son, uh, stepson Sam, um, who, when we were starting this yurt business 12 years ago, uh, we were trying to work out what we were going to call it, and yurts around, and, uh, and eventually he piped up with, full, after like half an hour of brainstorming, he came up with, with full circle, and it was, we were just like, Actually, that's a pretty good idea. Yeah. Let's, let's and go with that. And it's simple as well. It's a nice, it, yeah. it, represent, it can represent a lot of things, that can't it? Full, going full circle as well. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was what we were trying to promote in these sort of retreats to this, this sort of accommodation in the Lake District was mm. a, it, it's a simple, but it's a very full experience. It's kind of bringing you back to yourself. Um, so so it was almost like a precursor to, to Happy Naked Ape insofar as, it was just creating spaces that people could go and as either couples or individuals or families, they can go and they can enjoy each other and yeah. they've got proximity to nature, but they're not like sometimes camping can take up so much of your time with the technicals yeah, yeah. Um, that it allows people to have that experience without all the drama. I'd seen some pictures and by the way, and they look beautiful, mm -hmm. you know, it looks amazing, but so is it more about the venue or do you actually, you, you run retreats there as well? It's been about the venue, mm. uh, but just latterly, Catherine and I are beginning to run retreats there. Right. It was like using horses to take people up onto the fell. Yeah. And we, we go past these huge heritage trees and I'm getting people moving in the trees. We're having a picnics up there. We're doing a bit of play fighting. Yeah. We're, we're getting people in the, in the water in, in the, like these beautiful mountain water. Yeah, because you do a lot of cold water swimming, don't That's you? That's right, yeah. yeah. So, cold water immersion. What's the correct term? It's... It, there is no correct term. It's like yeah. whatever you want to call it. Stripping off and jumping in, in yeah. wild rivers and streams. And you, things. You, you can go, you can yeah. bring your cosy, you can go naked. Uh, at the end of the day, we, we just, this is our birthday suit. We're born into it. And mm. the more that you can come to terms with who you are and how you are I, and determine your own boundaries, then it's the happier you'll be. I, I sort of, I have a very funny feeling that you'll go full naked. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am kind of known for it. It's I like, know, yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Was uh, uh, but I, well, I knew you'd go full Monty anyway. Oh, so. Okay. Well, there was this. I'm 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 comfortable like going naked because I've, I've just, sw swimming is like it's a bit ridiculous to stretch this micro thin lycra <laughs> over bits of your body and pretend that people aren't going to notice. Yeah, I and don't see like, you in a mankini or anything. No, like it's that, like, so. so and it's also it's something else to carry. It's a yeah. wet thing, and it's like sometimes I just. There's so much water around where I live. I'll, I'll be going for a run or a mountain bike, and I, I won't be thinking I'm going to go for a swim. But you know, you get hot and sweaty, and it's just like oh, I'm going to do it. So it's like, am I not going to swim just because I haven't got a swimming costume? No. But there, there, there was a funny little bit though, because like, like lo locally, like I've got this reputation for getting my kit off and jumping in the water, but my my son dreads it. It's like, oh, Dad, you're so embarrassing. You're <laughs> well, so embarrassing. All kids with all parents. But I was, I was up Big Ben, and uh, I had my phone on. I was doing various media interviews for Sky and, and the Telegraph, diff different people that were contacting me. At one point, uh, I, I, I was speaking to my son because he was locked out of the house and he, he needed to get in. And, and it, I was telling him what was happening just so he'd be aware 
um, if any journalists or something were trying to yeah. knock at the door of the house. And he was like, as soon as he realized what was going on, he was like, Dad, just promise me, promise me you will not get your kit off up Big Ben. <laughs> it's like you're such an attention guy. <laughs> just promise me that. Oh, so I, was, uh, I can see the headlines now. Boris Johnson climbed Big Ben uh, and got his kit off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got his Johnson out. <laughs> but like the police were just there uh, on the scaffolding, and afterwards they were like, "Is that something that might normally happen?" It's like it could do, but I promise my son it won't. <laughs> yeah. But um, so yeah, it it was it it was lots of fun. Um, but it's like it's it's not done to offend anyone. It it's more. If it does offend someone, it's more like, why? Why is it causing offence? It's just like we're, we're we're just animals. Does does my dog running around naked offend you? It's mm. like no. It, it, usually, it comes back to a projection of their own uncomfort yeah. with their own body and their own. Like you said before, you used to hate looking in the mirror. Yeah, used yeah, to have yeah. hate having photographs taken. It's like by the time you kind we're we're alive and we're and we're kind of we're kind of walking around in, in this, in this flesh. And it's like, it's too late. You have the face that you've got. You've got the yeah. body that you've got. I'm, I'm so glad that that phase is behind me because, um, I'm happy now. And yeah. before I wasn't, you look you know? happy. Yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> Happier than I've ever been. Yeah. You know, well, and, and I just love good days and bad days like everybody. And my life's not perfect, but it's definitely improved exponentially you know, light years away from where it used to be. So this is partly what full circle yurts and uh, we've got mm. some Scandinavian cabins now just because yurts were a, a high maintenance kite bride. Um, whereas the, the cabins go up and stay up for 30 years. Um, yeah. but th- both full circle kind and happy naked eight was all about just making things simpler, like uh, stripping it all back to, uh, to, to basics. Um, you come away, come away with your family, you're, you're just looking at yourself. You're getting to spend time with yourself, with those inter- intimate with you, mm-hmm. and uh, away from the distractions of phone, of TV, yeah, of, yeah. Of, of Netflix. And yeah, I mean, if you can turn your phone off, and some people have a, a panic attack when you suggest that, but mm-hmm. turn your phone off. Not having text messages, phone calls, emails. External influences like television and the internet and things like that for a little while, even just for two or three days, the benefits you'll experience are amazing because very liberating. a lot of people honestly can't tell you when was the last time that they had no television or no emails, messages, the phone off, even just for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. They couldn't tell you. I can remember when I did it. And I hadn't done it for years and I did it and that was, you know, a big, big turning point for me because I experienced joy and bliss without all the external uh, influences and interruptions. Yeah, well, it's funny how, like, addictive social media is because we, like like mentioned before, we're, we're a social ape, we're a pack yeah. ape. We, we used to have, like, 150 people in a tribe around us the whole time and now we, we live in these, like, man traps Kind of houses, everyone's yeah. got their separate bedrooms. Babies are put in their little cot prisons, and it's like we're, we're all kind of uh, atomized and isolated. And it's like loneliness is almost like a, a common state. And it's like we we only realize how lonely we are when we start getting together with other people, and we yeah. we start, um, yeah, bonding again. 
then I'm going to have to pause you there and we're going to have a short break and <laughs> we'll be right back after this. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is the Midnight McBride Show, and I'm still joined by Ben Atkinson. So, Ben, we're just talking about connecting again. And yeah. I think as a species now, even if you go into an office perhaps and you see everybody's everything's secular and we're all boxed off and we're creating walls and barriers. And mm-hmm. I remember being a park recently near here, it's called Queen's Park. And you can stand at the top of Queen's Park and look over and you can see like a lot of Bolton. And I just had this, you know, a moment where I thought as a species, we, everything else seems to be natural. It flows. It's, it's sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, symbiotic mm-hmm. you know, with, its, with its surroundings and other living creatures and human beings. We go in and go, right. Okay, let's box this off. You're over there. I'm over here. And we create separation and segregation. Uh, It's almost like, you know, it's programmed into us. And we do this. We can't compartmentalize people. Mm -hmm. And we create groups and subgroups and towns and football teams and do this. And we forget that we're all connected. We're all one. And I I write about the fact that, for example, a... a Syrian life and an American life or an English life or a Chinese life, whichever, um, no one race is more valuable. I'm, I don't think that a British life is more valuable than an American life or any other nationality or country. Mm-hmm. There's one race, the human race, and all life is equal. You know, I, I can't... I can't value somebody just because they speak a certain language more than somebody that speaks a different language or because of the colour of the skin or because I can't do that. I mean, differences can trigger our fear mm. uh, and they can, like, it, it's, uh, I, I think it's very natural to feel afraid of that which we don't know. But when you when you get past that fear, uh, then, you, then you can actually find this diversity to be really like uh, exotic and stimulating and it's like like you say some someone from china they still eat they still sleep they still go to the toilet they still jack mm. off they still kind of all, all their life looks the same uh, it's it's just it's got a different language it's got different flavors it's like yeah there's 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 not that much different we're mm. like all the same yeah all the same <laughs> so ben if somebody wants to come on a full circle retreat, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, full circle yurts, and they want to come on a, a retreat there, or if somebody wants to get in touch with some of the things you're involved with, or they want to find out more about Extinction Rebellion or XR to the okay. people in the know, how would they go about this? Maybe give us a bit of info. What I will do, folks, when we finish this video, if you go into the text underneath on the YouTube channel, I will put some links to connect people but if you give us a a little bit of info so extinction rebellion uh has community groups all over the country and the world um and if there's not one they they will support you to set one up um so get on social media get on the internet look up extinction rebellion and you will find your nearest group close to you okay that's easy the mankind project is kind of similar it's it's a worldwide organization now um, there's a lot of men's groups. Um, if you can't find a, a mankind project men's group, there'll be other non-affiliated men's groups and other, other organizations yeah. that do this, but, uh, go to like a mankindproject.org yeah. 
and you will find the next weekend dates available. You'll be able to locate your local men's groups. Yeah. Um, they they will wel- welcome you with open arms. Um, and so the the Happy Naked Ape. Happy Naked Ape. You can just search that. that that's con- contact me online. Okay. Um, through either Full Circle Yurts or yes. just through my uh, tree video. Um, yeah, which I'm going to show at the end of this yes. show. And yeah. the website for Full Circle is Lake District Yurts, um, hy- hyphenated. Um, so it's not Full Circle Yurts, it's Lake District It's Yurts. Lake District Yurts. Uh, Full Circle is just the, anyway, the, 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 the umbrella name. Yeah. And but, uh, where's that located in the lakes? Ben? That's located in Rydal. Right, which is sort of Ambleside ways. Between right? Ambleside and Grasmere, right? Uh, okay. kind of the, that, one of the homes of William Wordsworth. Uh, yeah, he he sort of lived there, and beautiful part of the country, right in the heart of the lakes. If you're in London, you can get there within three hours by train, and uh, really well serviced by public transport. I I kind of I sell it as the waters run clean there, like you can be out of the door of one of these cabins, and you can take a walk up the fell side to a stream that's clean enough to drink. You can swim in it, crystal clear waters. It's, you're back like in, in nature, um, yeah. away, away from all the neurosis that's reflected back from the urban landscape. Yeah. I, I'm going to be coming up seeing you very soon. By the do way. it, do yeah, it, Patrick. Yeah, yeah. Um, come stay in a cabin with your yeah, missus. Yeah. I, I would love to do that. Yes. And, I know we have to be a little bit careful about what we say in certain areas, but as far as your activities with, say, Extinction Rebellion and stuff like that, I'm sure that, um, you know, we may see you again. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't already seen seen me again, um, you, you will be very soon. Um, uh, Extinction Rebellion's got a continual program of, of actions, and there's a big rebellion coming up in, in May, and mm-hmm. um yeah keep keep a look out um yeah. uh, for legal reasons we're gonna <laughs> leave that there mm-hmm. but um yeah it's f- follow this watch this space yeah yeah watch this space ben it's been wonderful thank oh, you very much thank you for having me patrick I, honestly it, it's been a delight it's been fun yeah good okay folks you know the routine. If you want to read the book from pills to peace you can get that at amazon or about 12 other venues the audiobook now is out on audible.com and iTunes and various other places, including ACX. Book two, Moving Forward, Learning How to Glide, and that is Elevating Yourself and Propelling Yourself Forward Using Surrounding Energies with Zero Resistance, with Zero Effort, in Harmony with Natural Law, is imminent. And you can look up Midnight McBride on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. You can go to the midnightmcbride.com website and you can watch us on this youtube channel be at least one show every week you can subscribe if you want updates with these shows and if you look in the information below this video there'll be some links so that you can find out about what ben's been talking about thank you very much and see you next time